0: Advaita Pancharatnam of Sri Shankaracharya, as explained by Sri Sachidanandendra Saraswati Swamiji, now made into a book by Sri D. B. Ganguly and published. Here, Advaita Pancharatnam, we have seen first part, preface yesterday. Today, the second part. Now Atmanatma Viveka. That is the meaning of the first shloka of the Advaita Pancharatnam. Today we will start. So this is the second session of Advaita Pancharatnam. Om Sri Guru Namaha Harihi Om. Shri Ganesha Janamaha Dr. Murti Shastri Dambayapunacca Karnataka So here, Atmanatma Viveka is the subject of the first shloka. The reason for the common run of people not to have attained the intuitive knowledge of the type we are of the very essence of Paramatman or Shiva Swarupa is truly the absence of Atmanatma Viveka mentioned earlier atman means the self and anatman means what is not the self atman meaning one's absolute essence of being what is it and anatman meaning that thing or phenomenon which is something other than one's self what is it these two questions are to be deliberated upon intuitively meaning not intellectually alone here and when We cognize the essential natures of these two phenomena distinctly, then it is called Atmanatma Viveka in Vedantic parlance. Because of the reason that people in general do not possess this Viveka, they have naturally and invariably believed that the body, the senses, the mind etc. are themselves, meaning their true being. In this present state of mind, each one of them entertains a deep seated steadfast belief to the effect that I was born to such and such parents at such and such a time to uh, so many years ago at such and such a place, which is a particular region of this earth which forms a part of this huge universe. After getting such and such an education, I have taken up such a, such and such an vocation or job. I am a family man with a wife, so many children, and relatives just like everyone. After living for many years, when my span of life or lifespan allocated to me by the Almighty comes to an end, I am going to die. This is a common notion, common uh, Commonly what people uh, say or people know like this. In the minds of such people, (coughs) a profound doubt of the following type will persist and pester constantly. How at all can I get the conviction that I am the eternally pure, free Parameshwara? How is it at all possible for me? who lives for a few years in a corner of this vast universe created by Parameshwara and who will eventually die to be that Ishwara himself. Hence in order to get rid of that misconception the method of Atmanatma Viveka, that a genuine mumukshu, meaning high rank seeker who is determined with one-pointed zeal and aspiration to attain moksha or liberation, beatitude, here and now in this very lifespan, here and now in this very lifespan, has to carry out, has been expounded in the first verse to get rid of this that misconceptions of uh, in the, the method of Atman, Atma, Viveka has to be carried out. <coughs> so the first shloka of adi of advaita pancharatnam Naham deho neendriyaanyantarangam na aham karah prana vargoh na buddhih durah shivoham So, meaning, I am not the body, na aham dehaha, nendriyani antarangam, I am not the senses, not the mind, na aham karaha, not the ego, or I sense, aham kara, aham bhava, I sense, or me sense, I am not the ego. Na Buddhi, not the group of vital breath uh, na not the intellect. Not the group of vital breaths or forces. Naham pranaha. Pranavargaha. Na Buddhihi. Kshetra Vittadi Duraha. I am the one who is far away from wife, children, farm, house, etc. Dara means Dharamaha means Patni daraha means nitya Bhavachana Apatya means Children Kshetra field Vithadiduraha House or Vitha means Money Wealth etc. I am far away, far away from this Sakshi I am verily that Shiva, Sakshi, Nityaha, Pratyagatma, Shivoham. I am verily that Shiva who is witnessing directly, who is eternal, Sakshi, Nityaha, Pratyagatma and is the innermost self. Commentary. Here, all the Anatma or not-selves that the common people have believed to be the I in him, have been sublated, refuted one by one. First, I am neither the body nor the senses. Let us see today. Some people have taken the body or the senses to be themselves. In the gross things seen outside, like the stone, stand, etc., there does not exist any sentience, consciousness. These things, like stone, Etc. do not move about by themselves in them the symptoms like inhalation exhalation blood circulation etc for distinguishing the existence of consciousness are not there they cannot see nor can they hear because all because of all such reasons there exists a distinction between inanimate things like the stones sand wood etc and human beings like us we are chetanas or animate beings while they are jada vastus or inanimate, gross things, thus many people have commonly reckoned, Uh, this is the common people's opinion, some others have deliberated a little more and have opined in the manner, things like the stones and etc. are lifeless entities, while we human beings are living beings, the lifeless things themselves have undergone certain transformations and have acquired the forms of the body and the senses endowed with life. Therefore, considered from the standpoint of their inner essential nature, the body and the senses and the external things too are one and same indeed. Even so, we the human beings possess the capacity of organizing the external things. As also the faculty of utilizing them for our benefit for this reason alone we call the external things by pronouns like that this whereas we can we call the uh, conglomeration conglomeration of the body and the senses I but the above opinions of both the groups are not proper if the group or conglomeration of the body and the senses is itself the entity or substance called this I, myself or ego, then in each of the parts and limbs of the body as well as in each one of the senses, awareness or consciousness as I should not exist. But it is our experience, in our experience universally that in each one of the organs or limbs and in each one of the senses also we have an innate awareness in the manner, I am waking uh, walking, I am touching, I am smelling and I am seeing. Another point, the body has many parts or organs, the senses too are many. If each one of these were the entity called I, how come the one who has many senses is not aware of his being many in the manner? Eyes are we, in fact. We all have the deep-seated, innate notion of this entity called I as one and one only. What is the reason for this? There is yet another objection that whether in the case of the various parts or organs of the body, whether in the case of the senses or whether in the case of their conjoined groups or conglomerations, can we believe any of these to be entity called I, to wit, both in the body and the senses, every now and then, there occur changes or mutations continuously. If it were true that the body and the senses, etc. were the I in all of us, then we would have had to keep on transacting in a manner, all these changes have occurred in me only. But the real fact is not so. We transact, nay, communicated to others in the manner, my eyes have become blurred, my legs have become lame also if uh, like if it were the case that the eyes and legs were truly ourselves to wit they are identical with i the notion then when we express in the manner my eyes it would do cannot the connote the wrong ridiculous meaning of i of the self and this would amount to our using a wrong unintended statement is it not In this context we can bring another universal experience to bear on our mind because of the reason that by means of our hands and feet we can very well catch hold of the external objects and then push them away. It becomes quite evident to any person that those external things are distinctly different from us, is it not? In the same way any part or organ that exists in our body can be removed or wrenched off but merely on this count we do not feel that they, uh, we ourselves are removed or cut off if the surgeon cuts off a sore wound grown uh, grown on our body we do not at all feel or reckon that pa- uh, that part lying on the ground is myself to it once it is separated from the body there does not continues any sense of identification or belonging in that inert, cut-out part. In the same way, the mucus of the nose, the spit, the saliva, the sweat, the hair, the vomit, the nail, etc., all such parts of our body, we are parting with off and on. When they are lying uh, outside on the ground by our side, we actually abhor their sight, but never do we identify ourselves with them. As being part and parcel of ourselves in the same way we can decide about our senses too in a particular sense to explain my eye my ear my nose in this manner we separate these sense organs from us and cognize them in that manner they are sense organs which are separate parts of my body but not myself in entirety in fact they are organs belonging to me if you further proceed and carry out this process of deep cognition, then the eye, the ear, the noses, etc., these are truly the various organs and not the senses. The senses are pro- functioning in or through these organs, but just like the sense organs called in Vedantic parlance, Indriya, Golaka, even those subtle senses which are the means or instruments of cognizing sight, hearing and smelling, we reckon by separating them from us to it, all of them are objectified by our consciousness. Apart from this, when the functioning of the senses or indriyas lurking in those organs like the eye, the ear and the nose diminishes or completely stops, no one among us actually believes that we ourselves entirely underwent or experienced the change. Therefore it is tantamount to concluding that the senses are definitely not the eye in the in us. Anyway, the final conclusion that is arrived at, all, at from all the deliberations made so far is the body, the senses, etc., are manifold, but I is one only. The body and the senses are undergoing or having various changes or mutations, even then, I remains as it is, changeless. The body, the senses are the uh, cognizer objects, but I is the subject which cognizes them. Therefore, the body and the senses are just like the external stones, sand, wooden piece, etc., physical objects or substances alone. They are, in fact, gross and insentient objects only. I am not any one of them at all. That conscious entity which cognizes all of them is truly, verily myself, this I. Here, in this context, a doubt may arise, doubt may raise its head. If the body and the senses are not conscious, sentient things and if they are gross, insentient objects like a stone, sand, etc., then what about the symptoms of consciousness or sentience that appear in them, knowing the objects acquiring them, rejecting them and keeping away from them etc. All such symptoms of being conscious or sentient are seen in the body and the senses indeed. These symptoms which are not seen or found in a stone, sand etc. Where from did these symptoms come into being in the body and the senses? A tentative consolation samadhana, for this doubt is, the symptoms of being conscious or sentient do not in truth exist in these. A railway engine runs about, a magnet draws near it an iron piece, a magnifying lens enlarges or magnifies a minute subtle object, but because of these symptoms, does anyone ever think those gross things to be conscious or sentient? Let there be any amount of movement or activity in the body and the senses. Let there be any amount of energy in them, but they are surely not that consciousness or sentience and are not capable of utilizing their own movement activity or their energy for their own sake. In fact, those who use these bodies and senses are Chetanas or conscious or sentient beings. The bodies and the senses belong to us or we possess them and we use them for our benefit. Therefore, we are chetanas and they are gross objects indeed. To think that in the senses there exists consciousness or sentience is totally wrong. For we cognize the senses, meaning we are conscious of them and they are objects to our consciousness. Just as through a telescope we observe subtle things in empty space, we perceive through the instruments called senses the external objects. Therefore, the senses are gross, insentient sentient phenomena. They are means of cognition or perception for us. We ourselves who cognize through those means are truly the conscious beings. Thus, it is now established that neither the body nor the senses are the innermost innate being going by the name of I. In the main, the dialectical device, Yukti, that the cognizer objects like the body and the senses are distinctly not the cognizer or cognizing principle of I. He is strengthened, but there exists another means or instrument in in us to enable us to cognize these phenomena, the body and the senses, and that is called mind. Because this inner instrument itself cognizes everything else. A doubt may arise quite naturally here in the const, in this construct of context of type of the type that mind itself is the entity i in this manner why should it not be concluded this doubt too is not reasonable or proper so in the next session we will see i am not the mind nor the ego so this is the uh, second session of advaita pancharatnam thank you one and all Hare Rama.